Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. How you doing today? I am doing very well. I am too, man. This is an exciting day for me. Really? Well, my oldest daughter is graduating from high school today. Oh, so you have to go to a gra- you get to go to a graduation. I get to go to a graduation here in a couple of hours, and uh, I'm I'm excited about it though. Well, good. First one. I'll try to hold it together and not just break down and cry. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> good, good luck with. I that. I want to be the kind of hero or the kind of dad that's just cheering, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you're my hero, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we can, see, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. We can cry for our heroes and heroines. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm looking around here, and I see uh, we got somebody in third chair today. Who do we have excited. over here? My name is Colin Slayton. Colin Slayton. It's still Colin. Colin's back From in the house week. with us today in the Tech Talk Studios. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he said, I am a glutton for more punishment. That's right. Absolutely. So, so here you are. All right. We're going to talk about Psalm 93 this week. Very good. One more at a time. That's just the way we do these things. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Kind of, boy, that was seemed kind of abrupt. (laughs) Just like boom, done. Well, I mean, forever, (laughs) forever, forever, forever. Yeah. One one of the things that I pick up on the first reading of the psalm here is the juxtaposition of God's power to the chaos of the waters. Yeah. You know, when we think about uh, demonstrations of mighty power in our own, uh, I think, existence, but as well as reading in the scriptures. The waters, right? Synonymous with destruction and flood and so forth. And who can tame the waters? Who has control over the waters? Yeah. Yeah. Here is this mighty God. This picture of chaos, chaotic, Mm -hmm. frenetic movement versus something that is established and solid. Correct. The order. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Colin, uh, we're glad that you're here today. What I wanted to talk about a little bit was just kingship in this psalm. I'm stoked about this psalm because it's just a straight up praise. Yeah. Absolutely. It takes a look at God and it says our God is worthy of praise. And sometimes it is great just to say things that are praise. Yes. Just just to spend a few moments in praise of God and his kingship. Is there anything you picked up on kingship in this psalm that you were hoping to get to share today before I started talking too much as I do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, verse one, I mean, that one obviously talks about the kingship of what a king would look like. You know, the Lord reigns and he is robed or he's in his cloak. And majesty, uh, it's a very short psalm, but it's a very beautiful image and a very, really powerful about who God is. He puts on his strength at his belt. You know, it's not something we see really when we read through the Psalms that at least that I've picked up, and I find that very interesting. Now, what what do you think about that when he says to put on a strength at his belt? Well, I think the cool thing here is is that it's not he puts on a belt that like represents strength. It is that strength itself 
is his belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, th- this this picture, and again, and I know we'll talk about this some more probably later in the week, but his robe is not something that represents majesty, but majesty itself right. is right. his robe. And so I think, and so this is the king. This is our king. This is our Lord who reigns. And, and he has this these vestments that just demonstrate his power, his strength, his authority. So what a what an awesome God we have. Mm-hmm. Power, strength, authority, as well as age. You know, I, I can't help but notice that he is praised here for his, as the word, eternality. Yeah. He's even <laughs> older than everyone sitting older at this table. Older than everything, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So. And we'll talk more about that later this week. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. We, well, fortunately, unfortunately we will. Here's one of the things, okay, if I can kind of set up something that I've noticed, and that is, is that as we as we look at these first couple of psalms in the fourth book of the psalms, we had Moses' psalm, the one psalm attributed to Moses in Psalm 90. Mm-hmm. And it appears to me, as I've been looking closer at the psalms that follow, that 91, 92, and 93 are all expansions and meditations upon particular things brought up in Psalm 90. For instance, in Psalm 90 and verse 1, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. If you recall, Psalm 91 is all about that idea of God being the dwelling place. So in Psalm 91, verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then that whole psalm is spent talking about what it means to dwell in God. It's like an expansion of that Mm -hmm. comment made in Psalm 90. When you look in Psalm 90, verses 16 and 17, uh, let, let's see here. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Mm-hmm. So here's this statement about God's work and through God's work, our work being meaningful. Then we get into Psalm 92, verses 4 and 5. In Psalm 92, verses 4 and 5, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very Mm -hmm. deep. Mm -hmm. So Psalm 92 meditates upon this concept of God's work and his great power through that work. Now we get to Psalm 93, and... Uh, if okay, so back up again. Psalm ninety, verse two. Here's this this statement that Moses made in Psalm ninety and verse two: Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Yes. And what I see here in Psalm ninety three is a meditation on that concept of from everlasting to everlasting. And here's where I see it. So it seems to be in Psalm ninety three. Two stanzas, two stanzas that are very parallel. Verses one and two is one stanza, Mm -hmm. and then verses three through five is a second one. And what we find are these parallel concepts. In in the first stanza, verse one describes God's reign, God's majesty, his power. Here's a statement of praise. Here's a statement of power. And then in the second stanza, we find the same thing in verses three and four. We have statements of God's power, God's might, God's awesome authority. Then that leads us to verse 2, the first half, where it talks about something that is established, and we might even have in the last sentence of uh, verse 1 there on the world is established and the throne is established. But here's this idea that your reign is established. It's solid, solid, it's foundational, it's trustworthy, it's reliable. 
Well, then in verse five and the first part of it, your decrees or your testimonies are trustworthy. So here's this thing that is established, that's solid, that's faithful, that's reliable. Now, here's the key. We get to this final statement in the first stanza. You are from everlasting. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the final statement in the second stanza. O Lord forevermore. And while that doesn't say to everlasting, it is that same concept. So what we have is that statement in Psalm 90, you are God from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Now we get to Psalm 93 and it really digs into that idea from everlasting. And we can tell that by looking back at creation, Mm -hmm. by looking back at your power when you brought the world into existence. And then we also look forward forevermore, and we know that your testimonies are true, that holiness befits your house from now until eternity. So just a really powerful look at God, at his power, and especially in the context of God being king and his reign. I love that you making this observation that these themes introduced in the first psalm are coming in these later psalms that follow it. That's yeah. really a neat thing and, and something to keep our eyes peeled for as we're uh, even moving forward in other psalms. Uh, the connection about everlasting, everlasting. I, I totally see that. And um, maybe if I could just dovetail with it, too, I, I see a further meditation upon the creation itself. Oh, yeah. You know, as it's introduced in Psalm 90, verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth, uh, ever you had formed the earth and the world. And here we are in Psalm 93 and verse 1. Surely the world is established so that it cannot move. Yeah. And so these things are going I mean, they're going right along with each other. Creation, his power, the everlasting nature of God. And prior to, do you guys see this? So it says there at the end of verse one, yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that the throne was established even before the earth was established. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that, Colin? Yeah, I saw. I, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. You are from everlasting. You are the one who has just always existed. Here's a great word I've recently learned yeah. in the last year that I, I can't think we brought it up on the podcast. Aseity. Mm-hmm. So when we have so everlasting to everlasting, we think of of eternal, and that is certainly a part of it. But but integral to eternality, great word you used earlier. Integral to eternality is this aseity, self existence. Okay. So uh, aseity is the idea of I have uh, of of something that has everything in itself that it needs to exist, and therefore it is self existent. Aseity. Aseity. A s e i t y. Okay. Aseity, and it's uh, in fact a friend of mine sent me an article recently about why we don't we should talk about that more. So I yeah, I, I'll bring it up. I think he sent you that. Yeah, you're, you're too. very you're very timely. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about that myself this yeah. morning. Yeah. So just the, this concept that God within Himself has everything He needs to exist. Therefore, mm-hmm. just has always existed. Mm-hmm. Whereas you and me, we yeah. are contingent. We need things to help us exist. I am. Mm-hmm. And so now well, you got you, you have a, got a, a word uh, vocabulary to help express that. Yeah, yeah. The self existent, the self existent one, the I am. But here is his reign. Here is his reign as king. He is our Lord. He is our king. He has been king always. He mm-hmm. has been king since before the beginning. He will be king long after this world is ended. After he has brought it to, to destruction and brought in the new heavens and the new earth, uh, he's he's the one that is king. He rules. He reigns. He is. Sovereign, And I think that's interesting because I know I tend to talk about the kingdom as if God's kingdom started when Jesus established the kingdom on the day of Pentecost. We, we, we talk about the kingdom of Christ and right. see it beginning on the day of Pentecost, but there's actually a real sense in which God's kingdom 
has just always been. Mm-hmm. And that, that idea that Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has brought it into this, uh, I don't know, more fulfilled, more real, more accessible uh, aspect for us because of his blood. But God has always been king. Yeah. And our job is to confess the Lord as king. So, hey, that's what I got. The Lord reigns. He's our king. What do you guys want to chime in with on that? I'd say amen, and it's good to know that. This is the God (laughs) that we serve. Uh, We're so glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. We'd love to know what you're gaining from reading the scriptures. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. How about we close out with a prayer? And uh, Colin, would you lead us in prayer? Sure. Lord, you are so awesome. Lord, you're majestic. Lord, your throne was established before the world began. Lord, we're thankful for you. We're thankful that you're our king and that we get to worship you. Lord, please be with us through this day and watch over those that are listening. And thank you for your son and your son's holy name. Amen. 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 Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.